thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad that you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. Welcome. Come on in. We're having a good, good time. We've been taking several weeks teaching on a series called Following the Holy Spirit because if we'll follow him, he'll lead us in every situation of life. He'll lead the sick into healing. I said he'll lead the sick into healing. He'll lead us into our miracles, the miracles that we need. He'll lead us in every single respect, but we have to learn to follow him. And uh, sometimes we haven't always been taught what it means to follow the Holy Spirit. Right. So that's why we're taking time to do it. And we invite you, go back and watch previous episodes because we've taught so much on this and we can't repeat everything, but we're just going to keep moving ahead in this direction. This is something that our spiritual father said to us. He said, if you can teach people to follow their spirits, you can help them in every arena of life. Listen, the greater one is on the inside of you and he's not there to, to be inactive. He's not there to be bypassed. If we'll follow him and we'll learn what it means to follow him, what does that look like? Then we can have success in every single arena of life. Amen. As I've said, we've taught so much stuff previously that I don't have time to repeat everything, but we know this primarily in a nutshell, how do we follow the spirit? Follow the peace inside yourself. Follow the peace in your spirit. If you don't have peace about something, don't do it. And I'm not talking about mental peace. I'm talking about in your spirit because you can have peace in your spirit and your mind giving you fits. Then you can have peace in your mind and your spirit not settled. So always follow what your spirit is leading. That's a safe guide. You don't have to wait for your mind to grow calm before you act on what your spirit's leading. You You don't have to wait, but follow the follow the peace in your spirit. If you don't have peace, don't do it. If you do have peace, that's enough. Move ahead with it. Amen. We've been talking about Hebrews chapter four and verse 12, where it says, for the word of God is quick. It's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now look at that. Dividing of soul and spirit. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. So notice this. The the Bible tells us that needs to be divided from the spirit, not mingled in with the spirit. A lot of times people will say, um... God's telling me to do such and such. And I can, and I know by what they're doing, God, God's not directing them that way. But what has happened, they've come up with a good idea and put God's name on it. Uh Just saying God said, Uh 
does not mean God said. <laughs> Be very careful. Be very careful saying God said because you will confuse your life. Yes. Saying God said when really it was just your good idea said. Just because you got excited about something doesn't mean God was authoring that. Amen. Amen. And we need to be, we need to recognize, did that come from my spirit or did that just come from a good idea I worked out on paper? (laughs) You know, Um, God will give you divine ideas. And I guarantee you those divine ideas can come from your spirit, but don't just one that you formulate. Don't call it God said just because you got excited about it. Amen. Amen. Because you need more than excitement. You need the leading of the spirit. Amen. So here it says, as we read in in Hebrews 4.12, that we divide between soul and spirit. We don't mingle them. Mm -hmm. This is where many people get confused in following their spirit because they have mingled their own thinking in Mm -hmm. so much that they have lost clarity of what their spirit was even prompting them toward. Amen. So we have to to be aware of that. Amen. Sometimes people also become confused when they put their own mental interpretation on what they're perceiving. You can perceive something. Um, Like I was saying on the previous episode, God began dealing with me about a a home that my husband and I owned and God began dealing with me about selling it. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I go... God, are you talking to me about selling this home? See, I perceived something, but I wasn't sure that I had proper definition of what I perceived. So what I did, I prayed about it. I talked to him. Is that what I'm perceiving that you're wanting me to sell the home? And when I said that there was peace with that, it wasn't a voice. There was just, ah, I've hit on it. I've hit on it. He's digging for me about selling it. So uh, God may speak to you about something, but sometimes you might only be perceiving a direction, but you don't have enough to move. So talk to to him about it. Not talking to him, trying to get him to change what he's telling you to do, but so that you're you're properly identifying uh, and properly interpreting um, one time I sensed an example. Um, one time I was perceiving something when I was praying and I, th- and I sensed I'm praying for someone. Mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't about me, yeah. what I was perceiving. And I, I had even said to my husband, I said, I, I told him what I sensed mm-hmm. and, um, I sensed really, uh, uh, something about someone dying and I'm praying for them. But see, I'm just sensing that. I don't know who it's for. Why? Because God doesn't need me involved in all of it. I, he only needs me involved enough to obey. I don't have to know every detail. If I perceive, uh, if I perceive struggle or difficulty or something, uh, uh, a tragedy, I don't have to be in the know, so to speak, to obey God in that. He just wants me to perceive it because listen, he can be, he knows everything and it doesn't trouble him. But as humans, if we knew too much, it could trouble us. So he involves us without troubling us. 
So sometimes we'll just perceive something. So um, I, I told my husband, I just perceive this. I have this sense of some, you know, and um, a few days after that, something happened that played that out. And I thought, oh, well, that's just, that was just them. It was, just, that was it. And I, so, but it, it came out, it wasn't just that. It, it was something further down the road too. Oh, yeah. So what I'm saying is we can put our own interpretation. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And we can miss God. Yes. So when we're perceiving something, also let God define what we perceive right. and not your mind define mm -hmm. what you perceive. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that needs further definition, sometimes God won't give you further definition because it doesn't need you f knowing that. Sometimes he just wants you to pray for something, yeah. pray about something. He doesn't need you knowing all the details. He just needs you cooperating with right. it. Right. But if further definition is called for, right. don't get it from your mind. Get it from the spirit mm -hmm. who prompted you to begin with. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, let me give you an example. One minister tells of a time that he was pastoring and God began dealing with him about the end of his pastorate, that he was not to pastor anymore, mm -hmm. that he was supposed to travel. And so he assumed he was called to be an evangelist. Mm -hmm. You know, there's fivefold offices. There's the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher. So he'd been pastoring and he assumed I'm supposed to be an evangelist because he perceived that the Spirit of God was dealing with him about change. Mm -hmm. yes. and, it, and it was travel. So he said, that's it, I'm an evangelist. Well, then he tried to go out and be an evangelist. Yeah. <laughs> and he struggled and he struggled and he struggled, you know, uh, billing himself as an evangelist mm -hmm. and tried to function as an evangelist. It didn't work. Well, God said, no, I'm not called you to be an evangelist. He said, you're anointed to be a prophet. And you know, a, a traveling ministry, yes, but see, he put his own interpretation uh -huh. and was missing the office God had for him. That's what I'm talking to you about. You yeah. can perceive something, but you put the wrong interpretation on what you perceive and then you act on what you thought God was leading you to. So when you sense something and you get that part right and you sense God's talking to you, that's your cue to start talking to Him. Does that make sense? Um, I've found this out about God. He doesn't often talk to you about what you don't talk to Him about. Why, why would He not talk to us until we talk to Him? Because sometimes, if I could say it this way, he doesn't have our permission for counsel. Oh, that's good. God's not just going to go around and do this, do that, right, do this, right. do that. He, as we turn toward him mm -hmm. and we invite him, our spiritual father, Dad Hagen, used to say this to us, God is a perfect gentleman. Yes, he, is. he is not going to violate someone's will. You know, there's nothing more off-putting than a person who goes around giving counsel all the time to people all around them. Yeah. They just think, you should do this. You should do that. You should yeah. do this. You should do that. And it's like, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> un, un, unsolicited counsel right. is not welcome counsel always. God does not just go around giving counsel from people not soliciting his counsel. Yeah. 
You know his word won't speak to you till you, till you pick it up and read it. <laughs> you took an action and his word will talk to you. You took an action toward his word, read it, it'll talk to you. You start meditating on it, it'll talk to you. But when you turn your attention toward it, it'll talk to you. If, you. if we're not turning our attention toward God about a subject, he probably won't talk to us about it. Why? Because he doesn't give unsolicited counsel. The devil will, but God doesn't operate like that. And so the, many times the Holy Spirit, sometimes we don't know to ask God something, right? And so, so the Holy Spirit may prompt us in a certain direction, why he's trying to get us to talk to God about that because we're not talking to God about it. And he knows we we're going to need that and we're not picking that up. So the Holy spirit may prompt us in a certain direction. Wow. I have something about, you know, if you're going just through your daily life, you go, wow, there's something about, you know, maybe the accounting, maybe you own a business and you say, "Mm, there's something about the accounting department. And that's all you perceive. You don't know anything about it. You just pick, maybe there's a problem in there and you don't know that there's a problem to even talk to God about that. So the spirit will prompt you, accounting department. What's he trying to get you to do? Talk to God. Don't take what you hear and run off with it. Talk to God. Don't you define it out of your own human or mental interpretation. It's important that when God is dealing with us about something, we let him define what he's dealing with us about, that we don't define it because we can sense a leading. Um, Haven't you ever had it this way? You sense that there's another season coming to your life. You You can't even define what that is, but you sense there's a change coming. There's another season coming. I don't know what that is. It's not enough to say, I sense it. You won't necessarily make the right steps into the next season just sensing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. You have to know what is it. If you're sensing something, God's trying to get your attention to talk to him about it. Yeah. Because like I said, he won't force himself. Right. So you'll perceive, I sense there's a change coming. Mm-hmm. You, you can't, that's not success just to sense it. That's yeah. right. Success is in letting him define what you're sensing so that you can know what to walk out, what decisions to make. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. So we need to rightly divide things. But when we're sensing something, let's not just run off with a mental interpretation that we put on it because the soul and the spirit are to be divided, not mingled. Meaning what you sense in your spirit, don't let your soul define. That's good. That's good. What came out of your spirit needs to be defined by the spirit. Yes. Right. Amen. Amen. Because you can become confused. This is what happens many times with, with believers is that they sense something in their spirit. And so they assume God means this with it. Yeah. Let's say... Um, Let's say somebody's working a a position at a job and they sense there's a job change coming. Maybe that was to go from a salesman to a manager. But they assumed, oh, they've been wanting their own business. I'm going to start my own business. That means I'm supposed to start my own business. And then they start their own business and end up in financial difficulty. And they go, well, God, I thought you were dealing with me about that. He was dealing. 
Yeah. But we can assume. Yes. We know what's connected to that mm -hmm. dealing. We need to let our spirit define what our spirit perceives. Right. Don't let your soul define so what good. your spirit perceives. If you perceive it down here, don't drag it up into the mental arena to define it. Leave it in your spirit and, and talk to God about it and let your spirit define. Amen. Does that make sense to you? This is where many people have, have, lost, have lost confidence in their own ability to hear from God. Because yes, they perceived something right, but they interpreted it wrong. And then they thought, oh, I, I missed God. Yes, you didn't miss that God was dealing with you, but you missed how you defined it. Let me give you an example. Um, we have Samuel and Eli. You remember Eli was an Old Testament prophet in the temple and Hannah had been believing God for a child. God gave her a little boy named Samuel. She said, she said I, I'll, God, you give me a son, I'll dedicate him to you. So after Samuel was born, she took him to the temple to be a servant in the house of God. So um, Samuel, as a child, is in the temple lying down to sleep one night and he hears a voice, Samuel. He hears it. He runs into where Eli, the prophet, is sleeping and says, yes, what did you want? You called me. He says, no, I didn't call you. So Samuel goes back and he lays down and he lays down and he hears again. Samuel, he hears his name called. So he again thinks Eli's calling him. He runs in there again. And Eli perceived, oh, this is the Lord calling him. Now see, the, little, the boy didn't know that. What's this mean? You have to be taught these things. You have to be taught. So Eli said, he perceived it was the Lord. And he said, when you lay down again, if you hear him, call, if he calls your name again, say, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Yes. In other words, he's teaching him how to respond. Yes. Wasn't Samuel responding? Yes, but he was responding wrong. Yes. He was hearing his name called and going to a man. He assumed it was Eli calling. Mm -hmm. So he's responding, but he's responding wrong. Sometimes we can perceive things and respond wrong. Right. That's true. So Eli taught him the right response. Yes. So what was the right response? Once he heard him, see, God was trying to get his attention. Why? So that he would, why didn't God just go ahead and tell him everything? Yeah. Well, see, he called his name the third time and said, Samuel, and he said, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. And then God told, talked to him about the future. Yes. Okay. Notice, why didn't God just say, Samuel, here's the future and talk to him. He waited for his response. His response. Why? Yeah. God will not force himself. Right. He waited for a response, an invitation yes. to continue to speak. When we perceive something, then we need to recognize God's waiting for us to respond to what we perceive because he wants to sometimes continue to speak. Does that make sense to you? And he waits for our response as to how far he will speak. But what, what happened if Eli would not have told Samuel the proper response, Eli, uh, Samuel would have never heard what God said further because he didn't know the proper response to give 
that invited God to keep speaking. Um, I remember years ago, uh, we were having a prayer meeting here at our church. And I was, I'd been teaching on prayer and then I sat down on a chair on the platform while the congregation and I were just spending some time praying. While I did, I had a manifestation to where um, Jesus basically walked up the, the, one of the aisles and came and stood by my chair. Did you see him in the natural? No, I saw in my spirit. Yes. And I, I'm not going to say that. I perceived it. Yes. I perceived by word, by word of knowledge, I knew where he was at. I did yes. not see him. I knew where he was at. I knew where he was walking. Mm-hmm. And he came and stood by my chair. And I recognized he was standing there. And I'm waiting for him to say something. And he just stood there and he stood there for several minutes. And it dawned on me, he, he did not just come to stand by the chair. (laughs) You know, he came because he has something to say. And I thought, why isn't he saying it? And it dawned on me, uh, Nancy, (laughs) this is about 20 years ago. Nancy, you know, he's here. You didn't invite him to say something. So I said, I said, under my breath, I said, Jesus, I recognize you're here. Mm-hmm. You, you came for a purpose. What's that purpose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he gave me a, an instruction about the future. Mm-hmm. But notice, this is what I want you to see. I perceived it. Yes. I perceived he was present. Uh-huh. That didn't mean I was going to hear what he had to say. I had to respond right. Yes. To invite him to continue to speak. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. When you perceive his dealing with you about something, talk to God about it. Because we're not asking him the right questions and he knows we need some answers. And so he will stir us by us perceiving something. Now, for example, God said to me um, about traveling overseas in the future, excuse me, when Jesus came in that, that prayer service, he gave me instruction about traveling overseas. I didn't know that there was instruction for me about traveling overseas. So, you know, I wasn't talking to God about it, right? right? Yeah. So he will come many times and stir something in you, say something to you to prompt a question, mm-hmm. to prompt a conversation, to prompt an invitation for him to speak to you. But once I go, oh, he's standing here and he's not speaking. He, if I would not have responded and just waiting for him to speak, he'd have walked off and not said what he came to say. Yeah. Wow. I had to respond. Yes. This is where many times we miss it because we sense the spirit of God leading us towards something, prompting us towards something, but we respond out of our mind. Mm-hmm. We put our own interpretation on it and don't give him space to define what we perceived from him. And it's important. We divide soul and spirit, not mingling. What if, let me tell you what mingling soul and spirit would be. Um, If Jesus was sitting there and go, and I go, oh, I know why he came. I've got this problem in my life. He came to deal with that. (laughs) Well, he might want to handle that problem, but that's not why he came. He came to give me some instruction about the future. But you see, I had a lot going on Naturally, I could have assigned any one of those human thoughts to why he came. You see, that's what we had to be careful of. Don't mingle the mental in with the spirit. Divide them. Divide them. What the spirit 
prompts let the Spirit define. But you still have to invite God to speak, to to give proper definition. Well, amen. We're learning. I said we're learning. Now, as we feed on the Word, notice what it says in in Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is sharp. It's quick. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword dividing asunder. Notice the Word helps us divide. The Word helps us divide. That's why to be sensitive to the Spirit, we must feed on the Word. Because it will help us divide so that we'll know, did that come out of my soul or did that come out of my spirit? It's key. If people are not feeding on the Word and they try to follow the Spirit, Mm -hmm. but they're not feeding on the Word, they can easily fall into a wrong leading. Mm -hmm. So we need to feed on the Word. As we feed on the Word and we act on the Word, our mind, our thinking comes in line with the Word. And then we will be able to be led more accurately because we're thinking Word thoughts. Amen. Hallelujah. Then you'll know, you'll be able to know uh, how your spirit is leading you as opposed to how your own human reasoning is leading you. Amen. 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 Uh, Because we're to be dominated by our spirits, not dominated by our minds, not dominated by the soulish arena. Why? Because God never intended that the mind of man lead man. He intended that the spirit of man where the Holy Spirit dwells be the most outstanding feature of man. Mm-hmm. Amen. God Amen. gave us our minds, but not to lead us. Right. God gave us our emotions, but not to lead us. Right. He gave us the capacity for feelings, but not to lead us. Right. Amen. 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 And so if we overthink things mm-hmm. and we start assigning and putting mental interpretation, human interpretation on spiritual things, we'll get off and go, well, I thought, I, I thought God was dealing with us. Yes, God might have been dealing with you, but did you let him define the dealing yeah. or did you define the dealing? Amen. Amen. Well, we have to be taught. We don't know if we're not taught. So we're so glad that we get to be taught these things. Amen. They're life-changing things because if we will learn to follow our spirits, we can live accurately. We're not living by guessing and going. We're living by clarity of our spirits. Amen. And uh, we're to live with clarity. We're not to live confused. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss it next time. We're going to keep talking about these things. There's so much to be said, right? And uh, we want you to join us next time. But until then, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In Romans 8.14, God gives His children the promise that He will lead them by His Spirit. In this important book by Nancy Dufresne, Following the Holy Spirit, you will learn how to recognize and follow the leading of the Spirit and receive God's help in every arena of your life. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, she teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. It belongs to us. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. 
Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, October 15th through the 19th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.